Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitchers. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed so you'll be automatically notified of new shows. If you're looking for a speaker for your organization or event, please go to my website at integrativeminds.com to learn more about what I offer and contact me at info at integrativeminds.com to schedule a meeting time. The website and the email is in the show notes. And be sure to join us for our monthly Family Financial Freedom Workshop live in the city of Torrance, California, or you can live stream it on our Integrative Minds Facebook page. This workshop, as well as our theme for 2019 on Parent Pump Radio, is geared to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free. So all that information is in the show notes. So let's get going and talk to our our guest for today. She is a financial advocate you can trust. She graduated with a BA in communication and published the book, 1,000 Ways to Save Money, Quit Flushing Your Hard-Earned Money Down the Toilet. Her mission is to empower you to reclaim your power and transform your life into a financial success. She teaches goal setting and smart financial decision making with her newsletter and YouTube channel. She also offers bookkeeping services catered to real estate investors nationwide to assist in building their wealth. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Annie Margarita Yang. Hi, Annie. Hey, Jacqueline. Thanks for inviting me to your radio show. Thank you for being here. You have very informative information to help our parents and their children. And I'm so happy that you're coming on the show to do that. Thank you. Tell us a little about you. What got you started in doing this and and why is it so important to you? So what got me started doing this was my own personal journey. When I was a teenager, I decided I wouldn't go straight to college because I couldn't afford it and my parents weren't willing to pay. So after I graduated high school, I worked a string of minimum wage jobs and I wanted to make sure that I had enough money saved up to move out of my parents' place, which is why I started learning a lot about personal finance I saved between 25 to 50% of my income with every single job. And in two years, I was able to save up $13,000. I moved out. I, I did not depend on my parents anymore. And um, people wondered how I did it. <laughs> and that's when I started the conversation with my coworkers, like, well, how much do you make? Uh, how much have you saved up? And it turned out that even though my managers made at least double what I made, technically my net worth was much higher than theirs and I was much younger than them too, which is why I decided that I want to help people learn how to manage their own finances so that they could also become financially independent and free to make 
any choice that they want to make and to pursue their passions too. Yeah, well, you know, one day these kids are going to have to be on their own because there are very few parents who are going to take care of them until the day they die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so it's really important. So getting to that, why do you think parents should be teaching their kids? Because maybe it should be the school or maybe the kids should be learning on themselves. First of all, schools do offer personal financial education, depending on which state you're in. When I was in Texas, they offered it. But the kids weren't willing to listen because they're already biased toward their teacher. You know, their teacher is good for nothing. They don't, they don't know anything about life or they just don't respect authority. So even if you gave them good financial advice to follow the rest of their lives, they're not going to listen. Right. And the curriculum in the school is actually very boring. It's textbook style and it doesn't relate to real life. It doesn't show them like, okay, you got your first job, you're 16 years old, this is what you do, you save 10%. It teaches them instead about compound interest and insurance, things that aren't really relevant to them now while they're 16. Do you understand? Yeah, definitely. And if parents don't deliberately teach their kids about personal finance, about how to manage their money, then the kids simply learn by watching their parents. And, you know, some parents, they might subliminally teach their kids, well, you can't afford anything because every time the kid asks, hey, mom, can you buy this for me? Sorry, we can't afford it. That's what you're teaching your kid, that money is always tight and that you can't afford it. Well, for some family, maybe it is tight. So how would they convey that in a way where it's not a fear base? You could tell the kid realistically, hey, this is how much we are bringing in. So just be very frank, transparent, honest, like this is how much mom and dad make. And it just doesn't fit in our budget right now, but it might fit in our budget in the future. We could set aside maybe 50 a month for you. And then in a year, we'd have $600 or something like this, right? Right. right. But we can't buy it right now. But you can't always say, sorry, no, we can't afford it because that's not the truth. I believe you can afford anything. It's just a matter of prioritizing. And even if you can't afford it right now, if you put even $25 toward it today and then $25 next month, maybe a year from now you could afford it, two years from now you could afford it, just not right now. That's a really good point. That's a really good point because uh, somehow people will find a way to like if their car breaks down, they'll find a way to get the money to fix it because you have to. Yeah, they, I mean, they might borrow the money from someone and pay yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So if it's important enough, then you'll find a way. You'll find a way, yeah. yes, that's yeah. right. So it's not that you can't afford it, it's just that item is not important enough right now to purchase. Mm -hmm. Right, like I've read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I had parents probably who had more of the mentality of the poor dad. And so what do you think about parents who have that mentality, who's trying to teach the kids the same thing? And then I wonder, like, should they be teaching the kids that mentality? Well, what was the poor dad's mentality? The poor dad is more like you need to go to school, get a job, and uh, hope they have a pension so that you can retire. I actually, personally, I think it's okay for parents to teach that kind of mindset, go to school, get a job, 
um, because everyone has to start from somewhere. You don't just go straight into starting a business and building wealth. You have to get a job, save up the money, and build the capital. So actually, it's kind of good advice. Do not spend your money on things that depreciate in value. Like a car, you're just losing money on a new a new car. You know, five thousand dollars out the window the moment you drive it off the lot. Yeah, the the poor dad mentality is more of a consumer mentality as opposed to an investor mentality. You could still be low income. I believe you could be low income or middle class. You don't have to be upper class and still teach a good mentality to build wealth. It's about building capital. It's not about income. Income definitely helps you build capital, but building capital is a completely different concept. Yep, and that's a completely different knowledge that you need to access to teach your children. Then, how do you get your Spouse or your partner on the same page. It's a conversation you'll have to talk about.、Um, I I don't know how other people deal with their spouses, and I personally don't have kids yet. But what I need parents to hear is that if a kid asks, "Hey, mom, can you buy this for me?" Don't just say, "Ask dad." <laughs> What is dad? And then dad will say no. <laughs> Ask mom. And then you go back to mom, and mom just says yes. Dad says no. You you cannot do that in front of the kid. You have to have boundaries set in place beforehand. You have to have expectations.、Um, you have to talk over that with your spouse before anything. That's what I want parents to understand. And. Another point to make is that you and your spouse have to agree on lifestyle. So you don't just teach by talking; you teach by doing, right? You don't teach kids how to live below their means when you live above your means. So you and your spouse both have to save money and pay off your debt every month. You have to be on the same page to begin with, not just with your kids. Yeah, it's you know they say it's the doing, right? That That is really more important because you can talk all you want, but if your action speaks something else, that's what the kids are going to see. Let's talk about allowance because many families give their kids allowance. What's your take on that, and how can we tie allowance to help kids learn more about finance? I think parents shouldn't give an allowance just to give an allowance. It should be tied to doing chores or doing work around the house. It should be tied to just in general work. That way, you teach them when they grow up. You earn money by going to work. You earn money by doing a job. You earn money by providing value to other people. You don't just earn money sitting there playing video games. And I have this、um, system that I recommend, which is you make a list of chores, right? For example, let's let's use three chores: washing the dishes, mopping the floor, and doing laundry. You could tie a, an individual amount for each chore. So if the kid mopped the floor this week and that chore was worth two dollars, you give the kid two dollars. If、um, washing the dishes. Every single night was one dollar. Then, if they did it five times that week, they get five dollars. You tie it to the chore that they did and how often they did it. Now, what about extra? Because you know, doing chores are things that are just necessary that we all do. 
do you suggest giving more money if they do something extra above and beyond the regular housework? Yeah, you could give them a bonus. It could be just a one-time bonus. Okay, and then what advice do you have on teaching teens how to manage their allowance money now that they got it? So I, I actually coached my own sister, who was a teenager at the time, on doing this. I opened up a checking account for her at the bank, and I told her, well, she got $20 a week, right? That's $80 a month. And I told her, you're going to set aside 50%. Now, I'm kind of extreme, but I think, you know, as a teenager, you don't need as much money as an adult. So if you encourage them to save a lot while they're still young, they could, you know, save a little less, be a bit more moderate as an adult, but it's still a healthy habit to have, right? So I told her, you know, every month, take your $40, go to the bank and deposit $40. You're not going to touch it. Don't ever touch it. <laughs> and she would have $40 in cash left over to spend on whatever she wanted. And then what about um, giving charity? Like, is, should there any be any part of that that they should use also to like give to the needy or something? Yes, I think they, they could give a portion. They could give 10%. You know, the the percentage amount will be different for every parent in terms of their values and the values that they want to instill in their own children. So you could follow the standard like 10% for just in case, 10% toward your charity and 10% toward whatever goals you have, whether as a kid you want to save up for this toy or you want to um, buy a car when you're 16 years old, something like that. Yeah, good point. The percentage will depend on the parent. Yeah, yeah. So you told me a really kind of funny but reality check story about your sister regarding sales tax and tips. <laughs> Can you <laughs> tell us that again? Because <laughs> we My forget, sister. we forget, right? And Because uh, we do this all the time, and so, yeah. <laughs> No one ever taught my sister about eating out at a restaurant because my parents cook at home all the time. And so one day my sister went to the restaurant with her friends and it was her very first time. She had $20 in her pocket and she ordered a meal for $20. And by the end of it, um, they she didn't realize that she had to to pay sales tax she was like what's that and she had to pay tip <laughs> so her friends paid for the sales tax but didn't leave a portion for tip <laughs> and she felt so guilty coming home she's like I didn't leave her 15% for tip <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, you know this is one of those things where you have to deliberately teach your your kids about money you don't just expect them to know yeah and almost like have them do it too when they're with you. I think tax may be obvious because wherever they go to buy something, they get taxed. But that tip part usually only happens in the restaurant. And as parents, a lot of time we're paying for the restaurant bill when they're out with us. So the tip is something that we that these kids definitely need to uh, learn very quickly and how much of a tip and based on maybe if they're really great, you might leave 20%. Mm -hmm. And you should also teach them that tip is based on the subtotal, not the total. You know, some kids don't know that. I had to learn that from my friends. <laughs> I didn't learn that from my parents. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the total that includes the tax, right? Tip is normally based on the subtotal. 
before tax. It's not based on the yeah, total. right. The total bottom, right? This not everyone knows that either, even adults. <laughs> no, I always was told double the tax. That's the tip. That depends on which state you live in. <laughs> oh, that's true. In California,、yeah. that's what it is, because it kind of、mm-hmm. comes out to about fifteen percent.、Mm-hmm. So let's talk about progressive bills. What What do you mean when you say re- progressive bill responsibility? So I think as your teenager grows older, and if they get a job, if you give them an allowance, another way you could teach them how to manage their money is by having them take on more bill responsibilities. That you could start with a cell phone bill, right? There's a lot of prepaid plans out there that are fairly cheap, but still good value in terms of like they offer you unlimited calling. Unlimited texting and some data. Like for example, my husband he uses Metro PCS. He's on a family plan and he pays twenty five dollars for his share, right? I think a teenager can easily afford that if they get an allowance or they have a job. I personally paid a cell phone bill. It was ten dollars a month. I paid per minute when I was a teenager.、Um, After the cell phone bill, you could move up to doing utilities, like contribute a part to a part of the electric bill or something like that. And then once they turn eighteen, you you could tell them, hey, if you're going to stay in my house and you're going to get a job, I do expect you to contribute to some of the rent. And it doesn't even have to be a lot; it could even just be a hundred dollars to teach them they have to pay their rent.、Um, but you, you could give them a time. You could say. You have six months live with us rent free. After six months, we expect you to pay one hundred dollars in rent every month. And you don't have to tell them this. If you want to go the extra mile with this, you could open up a savings account and take that one hundred dollars they give you, put it in a savings account, and then when they're ready to move out, you could say, "Hey, I put all the money you gave me into a savings account. I just wanted to give this back to you." So that it could help out with your moving expenses, something like that. I love the idea that you say progressive, so they're taking it on slowly. Slowly. What age do you think we should start with this progressive bill, and what's the first bill you think we should hand them? Of course, the cell phone bill, because cell phones are not exactly necessary, right? They're nice to have. So for a teenager. They could definitely pay for that on their own,、um, especially when I hear that some parents are still paying cell phone bills for their already out of college children. <laughs> <laughs> Start them off when between fourteen and sixteen years old. So basically, when right around high school age, then is when they should start paying. Yeah, right around high school sounds like a good age to start them at. It's not that expensive if if your plan is cheap enough.、Really. Yeah, well, if you have a family plan, actually, it's maybe it's about twenty five, thirty dollars. And if they were, if they did get a job, a lot of teenagers do get a job if you live in the suburbs, right?、Um, if minimum wage is like eight, then it take them only three hours of work to pay for it. There's gonna be some tantrums, I'm sure, but you just gotta hang tight. <laughs> <Don't get used. laughs> yeah, hang tight there and just stick to your limit. The next one you can start them off with is if they have a car. If well, if you bought them a car or or handed them a car or something like that, right? Then you could ask them to pay for their own auto insurance or their own gas. 
auto insurance can be very expensive for teenagers. So. Or, or you could say you could contribute. You know, you don't have to make them pay the full thing. Just contribute. Pay a small amount that's reasonable to the amount of money that they're making. You talked about getting a job and buying cars. So then what's a way a parent can encourage kids to get a job so that they can buy things like a car and maybe an, even their college tuition? It's a bit hard to motivate children to work because work can be boring. You might not like your coworkers and it's definitely not mandatory yet for this stage in your life. But you can encourage them by asking what is it that they always wanted to buy for themselves. And it could be a huge ticket item for their age. It could be an Xbox or whatever um, that you always said no to, um, but that they could buy for themselves. And something like that, it could be even be a used car, right? Yeah, a lot of teenagers want their own car. They like having privacy. They like freedom. <laughs> and it's, they feel like it's their first step to being an adult. So that's one thing that they could learn to save for and encourage them to get a job to, to do that. When you have to buy something with your own blood, sweat, and tear, you seem to take care of it much better than if it was given to you. Definitely. <laughs> I'm a prime example. When I was younger, my parents bought me a brand new $300 Sony camera for my birthday, and I banged that camera around. <laughs> I broke it. I definitely did not take care of it. But nowadays, when I buy something expensive for myself, I make sure I don't even scratch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially a car. I mean, sometimes parents think that they need to give a brand new car to their child, but there's plenty of used car. I know my first car was used, and I didn't have enough money until I got to college to save for it. But I definitely took care of that car very well. <laughs> Let's um, talk about some actions that parents can do today to start because we we talked about a lot of things so what are like two things that they can do today the first thing that ca they can do is to come up with an allowance system that i was talking about earlier come up with the list of chores maybe even some bonuses and figure out how much money to dedicate toward each chore and how often you expect this chore to be completed and um, the second one is to go to the bank and open a checking and savings account for your teenager. And then how they should be involved with that checking account, yes, right? Yes, they, they have to be involved with it. They have to be there to, for you to open it. <laughs> right. But I mean, outside of that, when they're, they need to learn how to balance it and know how much is in there. Yes. You should teach them that um, if they're going to withdraw money from an ATM, it doesn't come out of thin air. It comes out of their checking account because apparently some teenagers think the cash is just yeah. endless. <laughs> uh, that's a wish that uh, we. I wish I could uh, make come true. <laughs> There's a, a giveaway that you wanna you wanna do. Can you tell us more about this giveaway? Yes, the, my giveaway is a chore chart to help you create the allowance system. I already have a list of chores listed out and. Um, it's basically a, a document that you could adjust for yourself, customize it to your liking, but you don't have to do much work to change it. And you can download it um, if you sign up for my newsletter. Okay. And the link for the newsletter is tinyletter.com forward slash Annie, 
A-N-N-I-E, M like Mary, Yang, Y-A-N-G. And that link is also in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So that's very informational. I would love that chore chart. And uh, thank you, Annie, for being the show. You can find Annie at AnnieMargaritaYang.com. Any final words, Annie? Yes. I teach personal finance to adults, too. This show that I'm doing right now for you is just for your teenagers, but I also help adults. And if you're interested in learning more on how to help yourself, I do have a YouTube channel. It's called The Margarita Mind. Um, Margarita is spelled like the drink. (laughs) So you just type it into YouTube, The Margarita Mind. It'll pop up. Okay, The Margarita. And we'll have that in the show notes also, listeners. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for being on the show and sharing your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for having me on your show. Okay, so the quote of the week is from Tony Robbins. The path to success is to take massive, determined action. So Annie gave you two action items to do. Go out and do it. Thank you, listeners. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.